Welcome to the Generational Fight Club podcast, where we have unfiltered debates on topics that drive generations absolutely nuts. Baby boomers, Gen Xers, millennials, and Gen Zs, welcome to the fight. And with that, ladies and gentlemen, let the battle begin. Welcome back to GFC. Today's topic is your movies are sucky. Yeah. Mm. You think? Well, before we uh, jump into our topics today, let's just define so people know what corner of the ring they are in. If they uh, have been born between 1946 and 1964, that makes you a, I'm sorry, a boomer generation. Prior to 46, obviously you're in the silent generation. In this case, very silent because I don't think we have anybody from the silent generation represented. Nope. From 40, uh, (laughs) I've already lost my place, 65 to 80, makes you in the best generation ever, represented very strongly here, Gen X. And anybody after 1980 to about 2000, you are in the millennial generation, also known as the worthless generation. And uh, anything after 2000, what are we calling them, Gen Z at this point, iGen, something like that. Rotten little kids. Cool kids. kids. So let's go ahead and jump in, uh, but before we start, this is Brent. I am obviously representing the Gen X, greatest generation ever. I'm Claudia, and representing the actual greatest generation ever, millennials. Also known as the worthless generation, and... And I'm Tom, and I hail from the generation that has the best movies that aren't sucky, <sighs> Gen X. Hi, Tom. Hi. Thanks for joining us. I sent you an email. see we're already doing joke callbacks from our previous episodes that's good all right so round one let's dive into this your movies are sucky round one is talk about the best movies from your generation we're going to hear from a boomer on this topic a little bit later but uh which one of you two want to dive in i'll start i'm just gonna say what my favorite movies were growing up the remake of The Parent Trap. That was amazing. <laughs> the remake of The Parent Trap. Yeah, the one with Lindsay Lohan. That was my all-time favorite movie. Um, Titanic. And um, what's it called? All of the Harry Potters. I loved Harry Potter. Those are my favorite. Would you say those are the best from your generation? I think Harry Potter is probably the best from our generation. At least from an influence standpoint. Mm-hmm. Okay, Tom, what about you? Best movies from your generation? So I feel like Gen X is in this perfect position of seeing the evolution of what came before and enjoying what's come now. Because so. Gen Xers are perfect. Well, it, millennials well, think that the, you know, the world began in the year... 2000. 2000. Actually, 1991, because that's Whatever. when I was born. <laughs> the that's beginning when of the, the universe. World started. <laughs> but our generation saw the evolution of, um, I'm thinking like in the 70s, movies still had a lot of the quality of the movies prior to, which was sort of slow developing plot lines. Movies in the 40s and 50s were essentially adaptations of stage plays. So the budgets were pretty small. And there was a lot of dialogue just happening in a room. And we got to see the evolution of that in the 70s when special effects became possible. Um, So movies like Jaws, movies like Star Wars, big action movies, um, stunts became a little more elaborate in the 70s. So that was really interesting to watch. And then to the point where it is now, where all of that is done on computer, um, 
has been pretty interesting to watch. But in that, too, so the movies from my generation, how they differ from movies today is because they sat in that sweet spot, I felt like there was a lot more plot development than there is today. I feel like today's movies are... Um, let's have a little bit of plot just as an excuse to get to the next action sequence. Mm-hmm. Um, whereas the movies prior to us, like if I go back and watch Jaws, I feel like there's too much plot development. Mm-hmm. It was too slow because they didn't have the budget to do 12, you know, Yeah, scenes. they could only show that shark so often. Right. So I think our generation saw also saw a lot of firsts. So Star Wars, I think, was in a lot of ways a first of its kind. Um, I think we saw the first what today's modern um, high budget action film. The first one of those was probably Die Hard, and that was from our generation. That took the whole action movie to a whole new level. So, I guess what I'm saying is our movies from our generation were the best and well, not sucky like yours. Why? I mean, okay, but I forgot like Shrek like, and like, Monsters Inc. And The Parent Trap too. No. <laughs> Electric Boogaloo. That's uh, no. right reference to break into. But that generation, if you go back, and I, I just to prepare for this, I wrote down a bunch of titles here that all happened between 1980 and 1990 or 1989. It's not fair. You're it, not allowed to p- prepare, prepare for this. <laughs> yeah, this well, I just wrote these down for, for reference. So you understand that there was a weird um, renaissance of great movies that have now been, and we know that there are great movies because your generation, or at least aimed at your generation, is rebooting all of them and remaking all of them. Let me just read down this list really quick. Going back to what Tom said is this change of the way movies were being made and the action that was being, uh, or that was available. But a lot of these franchises that started or still great movies still stand the test of time today, which I think is a big... uh, you know, a big caveat to the movie, right? Like if you can watch it now and you still think it's great and it doesn't seem dated and go down this really fast, Star Wars, Aliens, um, you know, there was all these Bill Murray SNL breakout movies, Ghostbusters. um, There was all these action heroes, silly action heroes like Jean-Claude Van Damme was coming out. Mm -hmm. Think of Blade Runner back in the day and how that was a huge influence on everything else that came after it from a sci-fi, dark sci-fi Indiana Jones, you know, right. th- from action standpoint, Indiana Jones started the Back to the Future movies. Mm. Stand by Me, ET, Full Metal oh, Jacket. I love ET. Huh? I love ET. CET still, obviously. What's CET? <laughs> Just ET. That's a dad joke. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Go back to our last podcast. I bad. <laughs> I'm not laughing. Bad dad joke. You have to watch them in order. It's not going to make sense anyway. Airplane, Terminator. Listen to them in order. Not die Hard. Watch them. <laughs> Untouchables, Princess Bride, Big Chill, Fast Times at Ridgemont High, Poltergeist, Harry Met Sally, Fish Called Wanda, Bull Durham, Field of Dreams, Big, (laughs) Breakfast Club, Arthur, Caddyshack, Ferris Bueller. Bueller? Bueller. Bueller? Bueller. Anyone? All of those movies happen within that period, and in some cases, really within about six or seven years of each other. So in one summer... You know, we used to go to the theater all the time to see these. So we were seeing Aliens and Indiana Jones and Planes, Trains, and Automobiles and Caddyshack. And they were like, those movies, I still think I can still watch and still do watch a lot of those on a regular basis. And to me, they set that standard. After that, there's definitely good movies that came after. But What years were that? Because I want to pull up a list. Uh, 1980 to 1990. 
Okay, so 1991 and beyond. Yeah, you can pull up a list if you'd like and see how horrible it is. Should we play some of that music while you're doing that? Do, 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 do. do, do, do. Okay. Ooh, Avatar. Boom. Oh. <laughs> Avatar was special effects with a horrible story. What? Why are you laughing? I just told you why. It's the Dark Knight story. Rises. Those were really good. Oh, I love the new Dark. Those were the best Batmans, by the way. Born yeah. Ultimatum. The, the Bourne movies. movies were good. Yeah, the they Departed. Were good. I'm not saying horrible we're movies. Not saying they're bad. I'm, I'm not well, saying I'm every trying movie. To, I'm trying. Okay, go ahead. I'm trying you should have prepared, to like some prepare of us did. for my <laughs> show prep. Jeez. You should try. Did you time. not know about show prep? <laughs> the Incredibles. That was a good movie. Uh, what, what, I am what, legend. What are you trying to prove that they're good movies in your generation? Yeah, I am legend. <gasps> Beauty and the Beast that came out when I was born. I'm gonna pull up a list. Silence of, of the Lambs. I mean, good, right? Good movies. My point being <laughs> is that the movies that I just listed all happened within a very, very short period of time. And one thing I'll say about all of those movies is that they changed the standard and became an influence for later generations. They started franchises that we still are still making movies from later. A lot of the movies that you're naming are probably influenced by a lot of this time period. There's just a weird period in the mid 80s that all of these movies all happened all at once and they're still being looked at and referenced. I got a great example of that. What's the new movie that's got uh, Dwayne Johnson? Where he's fighting bad guys in a, in a uh, skyscraper. You just mentioned oh. that. I Literally think that is every, every Dwayne, Dwayne Johnson. Dwayne Johnson. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Can you be more specific? Well, it could have been called Die Hard 12 is the pro. Is the oh, story. right. Is yeah. that Die Hard set the standard and now there's been a ton of movies like that mm. um, where it's ba- basically action sequence after action sequence, stunt after stunt. And they're cool to watch. You know what other movie was heavily influenced by Die Hard was Die Hard 2. Yes, as was Die Hard Three. <laughs> Die Hard Three too. Yeah. Glorious Bastards, Wally, Toy Story, <laughs> X Men. I'm just gonna the Hurt Locker. So a lot of those movies that you are uh, the animated ones too did happen later with uh, when Pixar came out yeah. and kind of took over the the Disney movies were forever changed by the ones you're mentioning. Mm-hmm. Incredible, Finding and, Nemo, right? Amazing. Well, the Toy Story changed. Yeah. Yeah. What's great about those movies, though, that even though maybe there's a point to be made against my earlier point, which was if it's just a bunch of action sequences and there's no story to it, that is like so unfulfilling. Um, I hated the the more recent Superman reboot. I think you liked it. I felt Oof. like it was just an excuse to do some special effects. I did not like it. What's awesome about those Disney and Pixar movies is the stories are great. Mm-hmm. Like. Toy Story 2 and Toy Story 3, somebody must have been cutting onions in the other room because it actually made me, you know. But I do think overall, we might be losing the art of storytelling in some of our movies in favor of can we just have awesome sequences, awesome um, scenery that's all CGI. It always has to one up and one up. But it's also interesting that there's so many reboots because I think the ability to create an original concept is very rare because even I liked Avatar. I saw it in the theater and I usually don't go see 3D movies, but that one really, you know, for its time, I thought was worth seeing in 3D because they made that alien world so great. But Avatar is basically dances with wolves. Mm-hmm. You know, what? 
What? No, it's not. You didn't see it's the wolves? The Last Samurai and Dances with Wolves with Which Blue Monkey. Like, it's, it's the same. It's the same concept. Same concept you're yeah. saying. And I'm sure but that that's just. I'm one sure that that concept line. is an old trope anyway. But yeah. you know, when I saw it, I liked it. But I felt like I wasn't seeing something new. I was seeing somebody that comes into a foreign culture and falls in love with the culture and then is willing to become part of that culture to save it from the culture it came from. So you think that all of your movies were original concepts? Not all of them, but a lot of them. Really? Well, like which ones? Uh, Star Wars. The list again. <laughs> Star Wars. Well, let me Star Wars as a concept, as, as a structure, um, not as much as what Star Wars created that was completely different. Um, I'm not, I had to look down to see if I wasn't wearing a Star Wars shirt today because it's more often, I have to most often wear a Star Wars shirt, but Star Wars absolutely changed the way that science fiction was being delivered. Mm -hmm. It was gritty and things were dirty and old and broken down. And prior to that, the future looked like gleaming. Everything was clean and, you know, people wore, uh, you know, quasi futuristic spacesuits. And Star Wars made it seem very, very real. And now a lot of things after were influenced by that. So was it completely original storyline? Kind of, maybe not so much. But it did set the tone for anything that had been created prior to that. How old were you guys when Star Wars came out? I was seven. So can we make the point that really the boomer generation or the silent generation were the ones making these great movies and you guys are making the sucky movies for millennials. Yeah. Oh I my see your God. Point. I just I, turned I, it around. I, I would totally agree with that. <laughs> yeah. Woo. I win. No, but it's only because you sucky millennials are consuming it. <laughs> That's why the, the mark they'll give what the market, what the market wants. Yeah, oh, no, yeah, would, you're going to blame it on the market. Frick, I blame so everything I, on the market. I won't take, yeah, we certainly, we can't take credit for the movies that were made, mm -hmm. but we can say the movies from our generation, our era of what influenced us, are different than the movies that came after. But you're right, it's our generation that's making this horrible stuff for your generation because that's the thing that you'll actually pay for. Because you hate millennials and you want to make our world suck. I don't hate all millennials. Really? Really? I have, I wow. have a for my show prep. I made a list of millennials I hate. Are you ready? <laughs> ready. Okay. Yep. So, I made a list of Gen Xers too. There's only two on there. Oh, oh, oh wow! <laughs> this is going dark fast. But if we look at the movies from, well, I think we're going to get into that in round two. So I'll hold the thought. But going back to the point about movies from our generation, we were this. I think an interesting bridge between what came before, which was stage plays on film. And this whole 3D universe now that different scenes and it's just now it's to the point where you can literally do anything in a movie because of computers. Yep. Which is cool. But I th sometimes think they rely on that as a crutch in the forsake storytelling. Mm -hmm. Unless it's a kid's movie, then the storytelling remains mm -hmm. true. Right. So I think we're going to hear from a boomer on this topic as well. So why don't we take a pause before we move on to the next round and listen in. So the question is, what's the difference between movies today and when I grew up in the 70s or the 80s? I think what's better today is that there's a lot more variety. I go to the movies almost every week and there's always something available and something good and new that I want to see. What's bad is I think 
the movies have gotten way too graphic, both in sex and violence, um, especially sex. Um, I don't want to sound like a prude, but some things are better just left to the imagination. Okay, round two. Why are your generation's movies better than others? I think we actually just started to dive into that, prove That's that point. That's kind of the point I was going to start to make, is that our movies were better than prior generations because they weren't so dull. And even some of the best movies, because um, I used to be in this classic film club that we would rent old movies and watch them, and some of the stories were just awesome. But some of them just dragged on. Like, just like, oh, come on, let's get to the next scene. They're just sitting there talking. Um, and now I look at the generation, your generation, where again, like I said earlier, it's just action sequence, action sequence, action sequence. There's no story. I felt like our generation was all about telling the great story, and then we'll put in the effects where we need to put them in, but it wasn't about that. Like the Back to the Future story was a great story. It wasn't all that original, but the story sucked you in, and it was just a little bit of the flying car that made it interesting, but that's not what the movie was about. Yeah. I, I agree, actually. I think movies these days, you you go to the movies and you already know what the movie is going to be about, how it's going to end, what the plot twist is going to be for the, for the most part. Like, you're not really seeing anything completely unique, that, like what right. you were saying before. And that's part of the problem. I mean, I watch a lot of movies. I've always liked movies. I'm heavily influenced by movies. I like that format. Um, even all the movies that I listed on here, I didn't love all these movies. I mean, there's some that I really liked a lot, but they're not all great movies. Jean-Claude Van Damme didn't make great movies, you know, but I can't <laughs> but say, but I've watched Bloodsport 400 times. I mean, at the time that was what was available, but it, it's the irritation now. And maybe again, I'm, you made a great point, which is it's not our generation that made these movies. These are the movies that influenced us mm -hmm. within that time frame because there's still really great movies being made. <clears throat> but I hate what you just said, which is I, I hate that this happens, not that you said it. I can watch a movie and in the first 10 minutes say, I just did it the other day, I can say, um, the ant is in charge, that's the bad guy at the end, and it's going to... You can figure it out so fast that yeah. I'm more impressed with the movies that I didn't see coming, things that happen and I, for some reason, missed it, or it's new and it's different and creative, even though it's not a great movie, if I haven't seen it before, or it seems different in some ways, it's more entertaining to me than, you know, yet again, another dystopian teenage flick that is seven generations deep of the, it's the same yeah. crap over and over and over again. I think again. movies have to be so different now for them to be completely memorable, yeah. like the What's so? I, I'm terrible with names. So, <laughs> the one with Leonardo DiCaprio and they're in like parallel universe. Oh, Inception. Inception. That's the same guy that did yeah. the Batman movie. Christopher by the Nolan. Way. Yeah, Christopher they're, they're Nolan. Storytellers. Yeah. I love that movie. And the one with um, with the guy who does the Lincoln commercials, Matthew McConaughey, and it's actually like going into the black hole and you're into in another universe. That movie oh, that's, was so um, good. Yeah, I know what you're talking about. But those movies are so different. It's because they're well-written and they're deep and they're unique. And right, they're but that's what we're looking for all the time, which is unrealistic. Yeah. Well, but I think it's easier to cater to the masses with a um, big box. Like yeah. All the movies like that come out. Like dumb movie. Yeah. Dumb or even like the, um, what's the huge crossover now, Brent, with the Infinity Wars, right? 
I'm sure they're highly entertaining. But if you look at movies, the era that you just described, movies, movie making and movie consumption were so central to our lifestyle that it's for your lifestyle, it's just another thing on top of a social network, on top of this, that, and the other. Movies are there. Netflix is also there, though. And so, you know, in our day, maybe 20 movies a year came out. So they all had to be pretty And good. summer was important. Summer it, was a blockbuster season. Right. And there was only a handful of theaters in the entire town. Right. And they would compete for the movie. So and Jaws, they only had like Jaws was on this theater. Right, 10 screens. Yeah. Right. Yeah, there wasn't a lot to and go Jaws, around. One theater would get Jaws and the other wouldn't. You know, one, then the next week, Rocky would go to the other one. So there was more competition to be central to your entertainment value that I think they, there was again a higher emphasis placed on story it's got to be memorable it's got to be really awesome to watch and now like everything else I think in your society I hate to say this Claudia but everything's disposable now so everything is a yeah. stream and a dump you don't own music you stream it you don't right so everything's just disposable so why spend the time crafting a great story when it's easier just to put out the shit that's gonna sell and because it's money <laughs> right right because it doesn't last and that's affecting box office right now mm-hmm. is you know, it doesn't make sense to make a movie for the the budgets that are required because now they're they're dying on opening night. If they didn't yeah. make back the budget or they get a bad review and some of the new Star Wars movies that are coming out, like Solo came out and it didn't do exactly what they wanted it to do. And everybody says it's a bomb because it wasn't the perfect movie that they wanted it to be. And now, you know, it's in jeopardy to make more. It's really just about making something that will make a ton of money mm-hmm. instead of telling the story. And they're trying to find a balance between those two things. Some of the better movies that have been coming out and the ones that really threw people are the independent movies that were coming out that ended up winning awards or having, you know, they spent $10 million to make it and they made $100 million in the box office. And I was hoping that more intelligent movies, you know, would take that direction mm-hmm. i know you don't like the movie in particular because of your background but when black swan came out mm-hmm. which i liked a lot i thought it was um really dark and i didn't know what was going on and i thought everybody in it played a really interesting role and i know because of the world that it is and you didn't like how that was portrayed but that movie did not cost much to make it won didn't it win best picture that year but i made like 120 million at mm-hmm. the box office and it's like it proved that you could go do something intelligent People would go not only watch it and like it, but they'd also pay to see it. And mm-hmm. I think that becomes the struggle going back to the Infinity Wars and the Marvel versus DC and DC movies like this, the uh, Superman movie. I liked the first one. The other ones were really hard to watch, yeah. except for Wonder Woman, which I loved <laughs> Wonder Woman. I can't wait for the next one to come out. But I'm not so into the other ones anymore. It's overload. Like, I can't get a new one every year and keep up with what's going on with them. Oh, I know. You can't keep And every character needs their own movie and three of their own movies. There's a crossover in every movie now, so you gotta understand the reference to why Black Warrior was in that universe, and so it's difficult to keep up with. I have a question for Claudia. Would Would your generation ever do what my generation did, which was, not my generation, a group of my friends who are in the Gen X sought out because we uh, were born too late to see movies like Breakfast, Breakfast at Tiffany's and um, Citizen Kane and stuff. We made a point to go watch all those old movies. Would you ever do that? I mean, they're ac- more accessible to you now through Netflix or something than they were to us. But I would love for you to go watch Shawshank Redemption or um, uh, A Goodwill Hunting or what's the well, movie? Well, I've seen those Robin movies. Williams. Have you? Yeah. What about the... Um, 
Robin Williams of the poetry one. Uh, uh, oh, that's Dead, Dead Poets Poet Society. Society. I've seen those, but I... What are your thoughts on those? Because to me, those, I just mentioned three awesome stories, but there's nothing spectacular about the special effects or anything. So here's, here's what I think. Um, things have changed drastically in the last 10 years. So if you would have asked me this when I was 17, 15... That's when I saw those movies because I was being influenced by my parents and what they thought were good movies and, oh, you have to watch this. Um, and I wasn't as critical about the effects and the quality. And But now it's things like evolutionized so quickly and the technology is so... But what about a story that doesn't require effects, like Shawshank and Dead Poets Society? Don't I think need those any are still good movies, but they don't do much for you. No, it's okay. Yeah, they just they don't, and yeah. I don't. It's not because they're not. A, it's not a good movie, but it's because I know that it's old. I know the time has passed, so it's not something new that I can say. Oh my gosh, you guys have to watch this movie. Yeah. It just came out. That you know. So the generation and it throws me. Um, we do this at home a lot where a movie will come up that's really from our generation and I try to come up with the year that it came out and and I'm usually pretty good because movies were a big influence so I typically mm -hmm. know when I saw them um, and I'm getting worse the older I get I'm usually off by a year or two but it's starting when I pull these up and say do you realize that this movie is now 30 years old so if you put that into our perspective, the movies when we were teenagers and we were watching movies, I would be watching movies from the 50s. Right. And we still did that, or I don't know if you did, but I know I, did, I yeah. did. So there's still some really great movies, older movies that I really, you know, some of my favorite movies, Rear Window. Yeah. Um, we were talking about some of the um, Hitchcock? Hitchcock movies, right? Um, I think Charade is still one of the funniest movies, the original Charade. It was remade horribly, but... Um, you brought up breakfast at Tiffany's, um, to catch a thief. There's like all of these really great classic movies. Nobody can see me use air quotes on the <laughs> podcast, but cl classic movies to us is movies from that era. And to Claudia's generation, the movies that I just mentioned would fall into the same time period to be classic movies. Do you consider them classic movies or just old movies? Hmm. It classic. depends. Classic would really have to, I would have to connect with it for it to be a classic. So the three that I mentioned that are, to me, are all iconic from our generation. Are those classic or old yeah, to you? Yeah, those are classic. Okay. I just so like, you guys are classic now. You're uh, old. <laughs> That's but true. I do feel like, in, I've often We're made antiques. this point, and you probably hate You're it, antiques. but I do think when I joke and say that uh, millennials think the world started in 1991, I do think there's a less of an interest in general of your generation to look backwards mm -hmm. and appreciate and yeah. try to understand and learn than our generation was. That's true. Um, our generation was really heavily influenced, again, by some movies and some books and, and even the style. I mean, a lot of the punk generation picked up the 50s leather jackets and, you know, some of that look and feel. We were heavily influenced with what was going on in the 50s. And a lot of our movies and a lot of our references reflected that time because boomers were making them. So boomers are the ones making the Back to the Future. It wasn't us. The 70s were seemed to be obsessed with the 50s because there was, in the 70s, there was Happy Days. There was Laverne and Shirley. There was Grease. There was Shanana. There was like a ton yeah. of throwback to that. That's what we watched growing up because mm -hmm. the people that were making them were boomers who only cared about their generation and their time period. 
but we didn't have that. I mean, is there there hasn't really been a big eighties, you know, resurgence. Because your generation sucks. You <laughs> 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 literally left that wide open for me. <laughs> Let's go back to the list of your awesome movies in your generation. Like, when was Heat Locker? <laughs> Heat Locker. Heart Locker. Heart Locker. That's a good movie, but it's not like, we're not going to be dusting off the... I know. agree. What about Titanic? That was a classic. I think you're Titanic, you're a love it or hate it camp. Wait, can we just test? Do you know that that was a real story? Oh my God, of course. <laughs> there really was a Jack there, and Rose? There really the- was oh a Titanic? Oh my God. Did you know? Yes, I I know that that was a real <laughs> that Titanic was a real. You just googled it. I saw you. No, Googling I did it. not. <laughs> you Wikipedia did it. Wiki how? So what's the next round, or do we have a caller? Uh, we do not have a caller, so we can just move right on to the next round, which we're already kind of talking about a little bit. So round three: How do you prefer to watch movies? Long form, serial. Or no movies and just TV shows. Let's go to Claudia. I love movies, but in general, I watch, just watch TV shows. But I do appreciate a good movie, like on a Friday night. Why do you think that is? Is it because of the delivery system, or are you just not interested in the movies that are coming out and more interested? It's in hard for me to find a good movie on like on Netflix, or even if I want to go to the movies, not a lot of people that I know want to go to the movies with me. Yeah. So. Is it with you or just go to the movies in general? <laughs> They'd go rather go the alone. What do, you in do, what do you do when you're at the movies that makes people not want to go with you? She instas the whole time. Well, yeah. let's, I kind of want to go back to what she just said about Netflix, but what, what about you? Prefer to watch movies or... Um, Two years ago, I would have said I prefer to watch movies, but something has changed recently that I am more into, and I think it goes back, just dawned on me why this is. So what I'm describing is an affinity to see a story told over 12 episodes as opposed to, or six episodes, as opposed to a two-hour movie. Mm -hmm. Why do I seek that out so much, I ask myself. And myself Mm -hmm. says, well, you just it just occurred to you. (laughs) There are no good stories being told in movies anymore. So and do course, you I, have two hours to sit and watch a movie? Oh, yeah, for sure. I'll watch three <laughs> hours of episodes. Well, you guys are old. You have See, nothing to why. do. See, that's why. that we sit in chairs more often, so yeah. we actually can't get up for six hours. So, so it's easier just to find the remote. Um, but yeah, I'll, I'll watch two hours, two episodes of a 12-episode yeah. season, like Broadchurch is something that we just finished. And yeah. that was... I think that was eight episodes, but the story that it told in eight hours, you can yeah. never tell in two hours. And it's way more fascinating. Yeah. So I find myself drawn to that form more than just movies. In some movies these days that have to fit within a certain time period, um, can't be told within that time period. And it really affects the story because I have made that change. Although I've always really liked long form characters and character development over long periods, which is probably why I like, you know, we can't say you like Star Wars. You either like the entire thing or you like certain parts, but nobody just says, I only liked one movie out of Star Wars. You probably liked three movies or six movies or the new movies or whatever. There's a long form to that world. And a lot of these things, these long form stories that are being told, TV has been way better uh, going back to Mad Men and that era yeah. when like really good TV started to happen, it's changed the ability to actually watch a good long form show mm-hmm. because long they're form, better. 
there's long form and then there's super long form which is what Mad Men was mm-hmm. which told a story over what were their ep- their seasons were like 13 seven episodes seasons? for seven seasons and it never felt like it was a one story was ending and a new story was starting right. it felt like one long let's watch this journey of this guy going through falling through from grace through Dante's Inferno that was a great piece of art from beginning to uh, end and um, I watched a show called Longmire, which I want you to watch. Yeah. Same thing. It was seven seasons, and it was one long story. So so just to loop back to what you had said earlier, because I think this has a lot to do with it, because as I start to look, uh, being somebody who was looking for movies to watch a lot, I go back to a lot of these movies, and we've started to recollect, um, which we have had to deal with more than you, where you were first collecting all of your favorite movies on... Uh, VCR <laughs> you know, on yes. tape yeah. and then you had to get them all again on DVD and then you had to get them all again on Blu-ray which I stopped at that point and now they're all digital and so we've been recollecting you know kind of our um, our classic you know our go-to's is what we call them the ones that we'll watch over and over again and that has been slowly growing but when I go to Hulu Netflix some cases even we get uh, HBO Showtime and stars as part of our cable package, I'll scroll through for 45 minutes and I won't look at any movie that I feel I will waste. I'll spend two hours finding something instead of wasting two hours watching a bad movie. And I would say a lot of these on demand, they have to have big catalogs, but big catalogs doesn't mean good catalog. It just means a lot. So half the stuff that comes out, I think are just crap well, so much of it is bad yeah it's interesting i'm the same way and because i hardly ever i went through a period where i had young kids where i never went and saw an adult movie you just didn't have the time so my wife was out of town one weekend and i'm like oh i'm gonna binge watch movies all weekend this is awesome it's been six years since i've seen a movie so there's got to be something good appropriate N- nothing movies. on netflix well not all of them were appropriate no yeah. um can we edit that out <laughs> no. <laughs> we can't edit it out <laughs> no Okay, good. But six years of no movie watching experience. There was nothing on Netflix I wanted to see, nothing yeah. on demand I wanted to see. I couldn't find anything. So I ended up watching. That was when I w- started watching um, the real, the true crime um, making of a murderer. Mm-hmm. Right. And so I watched that all weekend and basically binged the whole thing. Yeah. So. so I like to binge watch. My wife doesn't like binge watching. Um, I typically even though we'll binge watch some shows typically because there's we just don't have a large repertoire to go between like 10 shows that we're following it's two or three that we find that we like like yeah. going back to Parks and Rec or The League or something where you can watch those I, I can anyway it irritates her but you know I can watch those ongoing because to me I'd rather watch the same characters for four hours than you know, one hour of things that I like and three hours of stuff I could really care less about. It's just getting hard to find things that really make sense that I want to invest in. Yeah, I think most people are gearing more towards just binge watching shows with like 10 seasons, you know, because you really, it's like you want to invest your time on these characters and you want to follow along the story. And that's where movies kind of, they either make an impact and you remember it forever and you love the story or like you said, it's just a throwaway. So I think the whole Netflix Hulu binge watching is the way of the future. Yeah. And in some ways more enjoyable, um, some of the serials that I really did like the ongoing shows are hard to watch 
back when we couldn't watch them all back to back. I will tend to not watch a new series that I think is interesting until they're all out. Yeah. Because going back to the days when like The Sopranos came out, you could watch it and if you, you know, if you missed one, you kind of missed one, you'd have to go, they didn't really have on demand as much back right. then. But you would watch, you know, for a season and then there was like 18 months until the next season and yeah. you kind of forget what was going on the previous season where if you watch two seasons back to back, you see the natural blend and you can pick the story up mm-hmm. and remember the characters. And that's a lot easier when you can watch all 12 all at once. Yeah. Going back to movies for a second, I was thinking about um, similar to our music conversation. How many different genres of movies do you think are out in a given year now? I think of like big blockbuster action movies. And I don't know if you would make a distinction between Infinity Wars and whatever that Dwayne Johnson movie is. Mm-hmm. Um, so that it could be two different kind of action. This big, bo- yeah, summer, uh, yeah, summer blockbusters, summer blockbuster. There's superhero. The art, superheroes is almost everything now. Yeah. Art house. Art house is the other. Kids. Kids. What's art house? It, like Black Swan would have been. A, it didn't open in national like national chain theaters. So like just drama. No, it's more like independent, uh, oh, okay. intellectual, the that small are theater for best picture. Not, not time. yeah, not yeah. made for blockbuster type things. Okay, but typically lower budget, smarter. You know, there's not as many films. comedies. I don't think cause our generation. So in our generation, we had the sci-fi. We had more action. I guess you'd call it. You would have love stories. You would have um, uh, what was the genre I was just thinking of. Um, comedies. There was a couple different kind of comedies. There right. was the the R rated, which was just let's put some boobs on the screen and right. some bad horrible jokes. But then there was sci fi and fantasy type yep. things like Star Wars or Lord of the Rings or. And going back to it, only makes sense to make the movies that are going to make a ton of money. I feel like there's like two. It feels like two categories now. It's either the big huge blockbuster or it's the art. Film. Right. Mm-hmm. Guaranteed to fill the theater. Yep. Or we have a $10 million budget, so we only need to make yeah. 20 Or direct mm-hmm. to Netflix, which yep. is happening more and more. They yeah. don't think that they can make their money. And so even five years ago, I would look at the list of Best Pictures nominees, and I'd want to see them all. Um, now it's like I'm not even interested in those anymore. I don't know if it's just an age thing. or It just doesn't seem like... <laughs> this will sound old. They don't make them like they used to. <laughs> but isn't that true? Yeah. It is true. All right, so your movies are sucky, is what you're saying. I think a lot of movies are sucky, even from your generation. But I agree with the fact that there's less, um, like, good movies come out less frequently now. But more movies come out now. Which but is more movies come out, exactly. So the quantity increased, the quality decreased. Yep. And it's fair. been interesting, as you said, the ones from Netflix, like some of these places are starting to make their own mm-hmm. because big you know, big production companies can't make that many per year because the box office is dying. So it's riskier for them to make a big movie that fails. Where a production company that has got subscribers hungry for content all the time, they can pick up a lot of like Netflix can pick up these one-off series or import series that we'd never be able to see, which is Broadchurch. You brought it before. That's not, that's a, is that a, um, it's gotta be Scottish or Irish. Scottish. I think it's an Irish. Yeah. yeah. But it's, and I've been watching more and more of these more foreign shows, um, like these Dutch shows and German shows. Spanish and shows are really good. The Spanish Netflix shows. Are they? Oh Yeah. 
They're, Don't they speak you Spanish? You like the one, the House of Paper. House of Paper, yeah. Oh, Casa mm-hmm. de Papel? Mm-hmm. Good job. But they called it, you know, typical, <laughs> typical <laughs> Switzerland, like I said, they called it money heist. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Because they figured... American audience can't figure out the house of papers about yeah. the, you know, the men. And there's another one called Cable Girls, which is really Chicas del Cable. So <laughs> <laughs> that one's really good. But I, but they're all really well made. All of these Netflix yeah. shows and Netflix movies, you would, it would be just like going to the movies, but you're at home. And you're getting that influence because they're able to bring these other groups in. It goes back to smaller budget because they're smaller houses, which means if you can't beat them, at the special effects, you have to beat them with the story. Mm-hmm. So the story becomes better and more central to what they're trying to develop. And yeah, better TV, even yeah. like we said before, when Mad Men and others, you know, Sopranos, Mad Men, there's all these series that really redefined what TV could be in some ways because it got off a network. Mm-hmm. So you could never have run The Sopranos on no. NBC and it had to have HBO or it had mm-hmm. to have these areas where people are subscribing and they can talk the way they want and they can have the time you know allotment that they want so i think that created this big renaissance and tv series that are making these shows way way better i think even hbo is dying like because of netflix yep i'm sure yeah but it's going to be the original programming that keeps them alive so games of game of thrones yeah and West but World that's going to and... be that you know but those shows will be done but right point, and you what, named two well what's the difference <laughs> like now? how many are on netflix right now what is the difference between hbo and netflix now they started two totally different things and now aren't they basically the same thing they are it's just different content yeah. it, hbo was their home box office i mean it was the original thing my oh, aunt is uncle that what it stands for it <laughs> i'm glad you but, ripped on him <laughs> in that what voice too where did that voice for? come in <laughs> that sarcastic old man voice so and we don't sound like that by the way my aunt and uncle had the before there was even cable, because you could buy a HBO home box office. <laughs> you could buy it as just this like plug-in box that you had a subscriber for, like AOL for TV, right? Yep. And that was AOL revolutionary that you could you could watch a movie. They before had one that, channel. What was before HBO? Do you remember? Let's see how well you, the memory. Mm, I don't remember anything before HBO. On TV. Do you remember on TV? Oh, on TV. That was a box. You'd plug it into your <laughs> Same regular time. TV. Yeah. yeah. And it would, on TV. It would take over channel 20 after 8 o'clock and yeah. you had this box plugged in. Yeah. And then um, a competitor came up called It TV and that went nowhere. But on TV was the forerunner to HBO yeah. and then cable came out and that allowed people to just get, you know. And it's interesting that it survived as long as it did because even when HBO was so unique because it was watching a movie in your living room. Yeah. And now that's just everything and it's inundated with all of these channels and but yeah. the content still isn't any better. It's just more. Yep. All it's right. Sucky. Well, that's probably good for that round. Um, let's move on to round four. How do movies influence your generation? We're going to have a millennial speak on this in a little bit. Another millennial call-in, but uh, why don't you guys start? How do movies influence your generation, or how do they influence your generation? Uh, movies don't. Movies for my generation influence what goes into Universal Studios, like the <laughs> theme park <laughs> <laughs> and Disney World. Um, but I really. They'll influence you and, like, you'll quote movies. Still? Still. Okay. Not as much as you guys, yeah. though. You're, like, on another level. But what movies do you quote? It's older movies, not movies from today. 
I personally don't quote movies. You don't? No. What do your your generation people around you, what kind of things, I'm just curious, like, I know what movies we quote, because that's all the movies that we just mentioned, but what movies do you guys quote from? Mm, come back to me on that. Okay. Well, you said Napoleon Dynamite was one. Yeah, yeah. That, but that, like, came and went. Yeah. Okay, so you're not. We don't quote that anymore. Got you. I have to think. I would, we could, in my family, we could have an entire conversation amongst the brothers, four brothers, and do nothing but movie lines from Revenge of the Nerds, Life of Brian, Holy Grail, and we knew what we were saying. We could carry on the entire conversation. But that's what we did. Like, our generation, Brent, we, that's, we did that all the time. And going back to what inf- how they influenced us, movies were way more central to our source of entertainment because we had TV, books, and movies. That was basically it. Um, that they became a bigger part of our lives, I think. Uh, yeah, our cultural influences. As teenagers, you'd go see a movie that came out, and there was, like you said before, there wasn't 900 movies a summer. It was, you know, Aliens, and it was quotes from Aliens, a like Game Over Man, like <laughs> all of those things. I mean, still happen along the way because that's how we were talking about that cultural influence. In a movie, of course, I was a much younger kid, but when movies like Raiders of the Lost Ark came out, like, that consumed my entire thinking for probably months. That's all I thought about. And I wanted to have the lunchbox and mm-hmm. I had to get the stickers and maybe there was a, for Halloween, I was going to be him, Indiana Jones. Which is, kind of, it's a remake too, to right. some degree. That character is not original. It was intended to be a throwback to those, you know, adventure movies from the 40s. He's, mm-hmm. Indiana Jones is even modeled after a character from that that era. But for us, it was brand new. I had never seen those things. I didn't. I didn't know that that wasn't anything but completely original. And of course, that character became very original moving forward. But were you guys influenced by Disney movies? Disney movies weren't that big a thing in our generation. Like, so I they think were that fairy really tales. influenced yeah. our generation. I mean, some uh, there's some that I remember seeing. We didn't go see a lot of movies as kids. It wasn't available. But they were basically, though, weren't they rehashes of fairy tales and they just made cartoons like some? Oh, I don't know. Like, and... 101 Dalmatians wasn't. Yeah. Um, what's the the two dogs and the spaghetti? Um... <laughs> Tra- uh, Lady and the Lady Tramp. And the tramp. Um, well, I think I was very influenced when I was young. By Disney movies. Can I guess one? Sure. Beauty and the Beast. Yes. Because my 26-year-old niece is just obsessed with Beauty and the Beast. And I love the remake. Of course, they've had to reboot it, which they actually did a really good job. They did. Um, I love it. Um, Yeah, I love pretty much every... I think I've seen every Disney movie from, like, my time. mm -hmm. But so, in terms of how much a movie influences you... Because it's just another thing in this huge bombardment of you know stimuli in your lives, movies are maybe you know a very small slice of the pie chart. Where for us, it was at least a half of the pie chart, especially in the summers. That's what we oriented our summer around: vacation, playing ball, and then what movies we we're going to see. And because well, like TV I was, was even done, right? Yeah, TV for the summer shut down. Right. Yeah, well, it was all like, reruns. Like I was saying earlier, things have changed in the last ten years because. Growing up in the summer, that's all we would do. It was the greatest thing was going to the movies like multiple times a week. And if you weren't going to the movies, you were going to Blockbuster to rent three or four (laughs) movies. Or when Netflix was the old Netflix, you would order your three DVDs from Netflix and get them delivered. And that was huge. Movies were were 
how we spent our time in the summers for sure. But. Let me ask you a question though, between I think how we're talking about influence mm-hmm. and how you're talking. And just to clarify, when you say the movies, did they influence you or were you just entertained by them? So when you say Beauty and the Beast or Disney movies were an influence on you, what do you mean by that? Did, was it just something you liked or did you want, like we're talking about, we wanted to be those characters. It became like, I we've had this conversation because how do we not talk about Star Wars all the time? But when Star Wars came out and I saw it at seven, it blew my mind. It completely changed the way I thought about who I wanted to be and who my heroes were. It changed how we played. It changed the toys that we bought. It changed everything about the way we viewed things. It influenced us completely of the way our mind started to go. But I can't imagine that Beauty and the Beast did that for you, or, or maybe it did. Did you dress up like Belle or like yeah. the teacup? Oh, like Belle and Ariel and all these Disney princesses were a big deal for my generation. Mm-hmm. Um Again, those were the toys that we played with. Those were the lunch boxes that we wanted. Those were the little things that you got in your Happy Meal. I mean, it it did have... I think Disney movies probably influenced us in that way. But not that it changed us. It's just we we thought it was great and magical and wanted yeah. to be something like that. Or live in a world like that. Yeah, okay. Could be a function of the age, too. Um, of course. Girls nowadays all want to be Elsa or the sister from Frozen. Mm-hmm. Um, I still want to dress up like Olaf, <laughs> um, but I'm older now, so I only do it occasionally. That explains what you wore today. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you thought that was a real carrot, didn't you? <laughs> Anyways. <laughs> but so I'm trying to make a distinction. Is there a distinction to be made between the way we were influenced at our age is different is maybe the same exact way you were influenced at your age. It just seems to me though, influence notwithstanding, movies were a bigger part of our lives, a bigger part of our entertainment, a bigger part of because they had to be because there wasn't as much available and I think, you know, you and spend more time thinking of, about social media than you do about movies. Yeah, of course. And that's all, that's because again of what happened in the last 10 years where everything just shifted completely because movies were huge for me growing up. And it was like not only entertainment, but it was it was like a, an obsession to want to go see movies. And I still love the whole movie-going experience, which we'll get into in the next round, but um, I just don't do it that often because it kind of died. Yeah. There's only a few movies we'll get to in the next round, but there's only a few movies every year that I actually go to the theater see because I want to have that that same experience. I don't I think movies influenced you guys in the long term to where you still feel impacted by them today. Mm. For us it was it influenced uh, it influenced us at a certain point in our lives and now we're over it. Her microphone just attacked her for people that don't understand <laughs> what was going on. Um, I think that's an exactly valid point because I'm still quoting those same stupid movies today. Mm-hmm. Um, and they still feel a part of me where, again, I think your generation is more about consume and throw away. Yep. All right. So let's hear from a millennial on uh, this topic as well. And then we'll move on to round five. Being brought up in a really strict and traditional household, I wasn't really allowed to watch movies that were 
like outside of my age range. So until I was 13 years old, I wasn't allowed to watch PG-13 movies. So I relied solely on like the Harry Potter movies or the Star Wars movies or superhero movies. And I feel like those movies in general really um, influence our generation, especially in terms of like propaganda and, you know, the clothing that we wear and advertising that we see. All right, going back, round five, last round. We already started to touch on this a little bit. The movie going experience. What is it to you? How has it changed? Do you still like it? Claudia, you already started on this, so why don't you continue? For me, it's a, a sense of nostalgia going to the movies because it reminds me of like my summers growing up, going to the movies with my friends or my family and the smell of the popcorn. I just love the whole thing because it reminds me of my childhood. But unfortunately, I don't do it often enough because I just feel like, oh, let me just see what's on demand. Or half the time I'm like, that movie seems okay, but I'm just going to wait until I can just rent it at home and not pay the $12 to sit in a comfy seat with popcorn and wine. (laughs) Yeah, I think it's um, a lot to do with the technology, too, because there's, I mean, now that the the TV that we have, which isn't that big, but it still feels like it fills our living room. We sit right next to it. You used to have to go to a movie to get that big screen experience with the surround sound. And, you know, it was about the being able to see the movie on the big screen and have that experience. I mean, when we were growing up, the TVs we had were tiny. They were squares. They were square, tiny little square. And the, and the sound was terrible. One speaker that was, yeah. you know... No so range to it. if you really wanted to experience the movie, you had to see it that way. But I don't certainly don't have that problem. Most people don't have that problem. Well, now, now it's the opposite where movie theaters are trying to make you feel like you're in your living Isn't room when you go. Yeah, well, it's funny because I thought the same thing. when I, I think it was when we went and saw Han Solo and I was actually in the movie theater thinking, what reason is there for me to be here? Because... I have all these strangers sitting around who are talking and gabbing. Mm -hmm. I have a great big screen at my home. I have a bathroom there. I can pause it whenever I want. Mm -hmm. Um, I can make popcorn there. What valid reason is there for me to be here right now? And then I smelled the smells. Yep. And the sticky floor. Yeah. And it was like. And the candy. There's candy. And there's just something to it. And the previews, which even annoy me but there's like i think i like seeing these oh i want to see that movie right yeah so there's something about it and i think it's nostalgia and my question is does that have staying power is nostalgia going to be enough to keep that industry afloat or is it going to die in our generation i guess it'll depend on how gen z and below see the movie going experience if we make them feel like it's nostalgic and they should go see it and they still go to the movies in the summers i don't know if they do i don't know if they'll have a chance that's like for it to become nostalgia for them they'll have to have had it enough yeah to, i hope it doesn't die i love going to the movies. yeah I my wonder, kids do too by the way who are really? gen z's yeah they they still love there's something about again even to them there's something about going to the theater um 
in your right, they're trying to make it feel more at home. They're serving cocktails now. The yep. chairs are ginormous and they all lounge. There's this uh, one in Florida that they give you blankets and they like come around and bring you your popcorn and you can order food and they bring it to you. Are all the theaters to smaller too? Like the theaters now yeah. are like 50 seat. They're much now. smaller. They're all like that everywhere. Yeah. So and many the of chairs these. are super comfy. We've been like the 3D thing I think has passed. Um, yeah, I never could do it. I couldn't. Them. I can't do it. I, I mean, don't know if it's my astigmatism or what, but I can't see 3d with those glasses i have on. trouble with the motion and i would rather I don't know just if it. it's because i'm old or what <laughs> it is you're grounded you know, young lady <laughs> <laughs> anytime we say that term i wonder if it's because we're old it is and we well, could yeah. just say we know it i is, don't like 3d movies those glasses are annoying but they don't i don't see them like there was a while a few years ago where every movie was out in 3d is imax still a thing yeah well know. yeah is that it? still is yeah it is. Really? Yeah, the one up the road has their own version of it, but it's the giant screen and high definition with the super sound. I never once saw an IMAX, and I never once missed it. It's like that screen's already pretty big. It's pretty. Yeah. It, sometimes it pretty it's awesome. almost overwhelming mm-hmm. how big and loud it all is. I don't know if I'm old, but that's why. <laughs> but there are. You started to bring up the point. So talk about the movies that you would go see in the theater. Yeah, that you have to. Which is rare, but it's the. Um, Obviously, the Star Wars, the new Star Wars movies, to me, from a nostalgia standpoint, are just because I can't wait for it to come out nine months later or six months later on demand. I want to be able to see it when it comes out. Even some of the other, um, like we saw Guardians of the Galaxy, which I liked, and I Mm -hmm. kind of was looking for it. Let me put it this way. Any movie I'm looking forward to seeing, I'd be more apt to go see in the theater. That's really rare these days. Most of the time... Does it tend to be these big productions with a lot of special effects, it's, or doesn't it matter? Or it's a franchise that I'm that I like. I think it's two things. It's if it's going to be something that is going to be a huge production with a lot of effects, mm-hmm. I think it's going to be a better experience at the because it still is better sound for sure. It still is a bigger screen. Um, or if it's a movie that I know that there's going to be an ending that might be spoiled. So when M Night movies were coming out after Sixth Sense. I had to go see those right away because, you know, every talk radio show was spoiling it, mm. you know. So I don't know how I got under the wire of six cents because I didn't see it right away. But that's a movie going back to I didn't see it coming. I'm usually pretty good at seeing mm-hmm. the I got so drawn into the because it was some of it was pretty scary. Yeah. Um, I never saw the end coming. Either and by the end, I was like, oh, I was so blown away. Like, what a great movie. And I've watched yeah, it since. It and now storytelling, though. Right. And now that I know the end, and you go back and you watch it a second time, then you can see all the little hints along the way, and it made it even a little bit better. But that's so rare. So it's for Sixth Sense, I remember seeing, I had seen it kind of late, and I'm like, I got to go see it, because people keep talking about the ending, and I changed the channel on the radio. So I went in and saw it, and I was about three quarters of the way through, and I'm looking at my watch like, what did people see in this movie? Mm -hmm. So it's about a kid that can see dead people. What is the big deal? And then you don't realize until the very end, it's not about a kid who sees dead people, and that was the payoff. So Mm -hmm. um, so those types of movies. It's going to be spoiled ending, or it's... There's very few in the category. I don't need to see the Marvel universe because I'm not even that into it. But when the Batman trilogy was out, I'd have to see those right away. I had to see the Star Wars right away and everything else. I'll wait till it comes to Netflix or some kind of on-demand thing. And then I still won't watch it because I just don't think movies are that good anymore. Yeah. Last time I remember absolutely having to go see a movie at the theater was the were the Harry Potter movies. Like those I would yeah. have to go see. Mm-hmm. 
in the theater because I loved the whole series. I love the books and I just wanted to see the books come to life Mm -hmm. so badly. But now it's not a single movie makes me want to go. It's literally just if I'm craving that feeling of like doing a movie date night or a girl's Mm -hmm. night out at the movies, like that's it. Not the movie. It's just the experience of going. Go ahead. I was just going to say the experience of who you go with of sometimes. Of who I go because with, Because yeah. now for me, it's I'll go if the kids want to go. Mm-hmm. And I'll go see any Disney Pixar movie at the theater because they literally never disappoint with a great story. Yeah. And the most recent, I don't even know if this was Disney Pixar. Was uh, Coco? Yeah, I think it was Pixar. Was it? Mm-hmm. It was so good. It's like I knew coming out of that movie, I was gonna. It was gonna be worth every penny. Mm-hmm. So they always seem to hit. I, you yeah. you said it was good. I didn't sit in the theater, but I watched it on Netflix and ended up liking it. It's not my one of my favorite ones, but I you know I think a lot of those movies you're gonna like some and not like the other mm-hmm. ones. I like Zootopia a lot. Zootopia mm-hmm. totally blew away. We go see those and we don't have kids, yep. which is we try to sit next to kids so that it looks like <laughs> that's creepy. Or, uh, it's even creepier. Well, yeah. we we can't figure it out. Like, is it? If people looked, we're just like, oh yeah, kids are in the restroom. Well, they're coming back in a little bit, and hopefully it gets dark, and they don't ever check up on us. Well, hopefully but it gets dark. What we, is going on? We, <laughs> we just like I to go see those. Worse. I we like. I know it's it's weird going. We feel kind of weird going to see these kids' movies because we're not well, kind of un. We're just old kids. Alex that's and I all. can pretend to be your kids. So okay. much of the story though is not for kids anyway. Like, did you see the movie Up? Oh, yes. I can't understand why a kid would even like that movie because it's so over their heads, but it's such a good movie. It's about old people, yeah. too. Yeah, it really is. It's oh, that's such a good movie. So good. But, uh, how, you know, for a lot of these movies, you you just said you, you're you never going to lose with the Pixar movie, mm-hmm. which I agree with. Even the ones that I don't love, I still like an yeah. awful lot right. mm-hmm. um, and can watch over and over again. How much does the uh, movie rating affect your decision like the rotten tomatoes thing um Big looking time. up scores does it oh yeah big Be- time because there's, some, there's so much crap out there but sometimes the movies that we go see that we think are hilarious are rated really low and mm. we're like why i mean is a comedy ever going to get a super high rating and at the same time some of the blockbuster ones that come out that get like a 90 percent on rotten tomatoes i watch them like eh, i've seen this a hundred times i've gotten to the point where i don't trust any of those opinions because mm. you you realize the older you get that the saying opinions are like buttholes is true. <laughs> you never heard that? No. Let's just ha- let that lie. I think no. we, I think our The reason is is everyone has one and they all stink. Right? <laughs> that is what opinions are. So it's like why do you don't know who the person is that's reviewing it. They could be a moron. I would much rather trust Brent, who knows me, who says, That's I just true. saw this movie and you'll love it. Yeah, That's which is true. You're probably going to be right. Very, re- I don't think you've ever been wrong. Or, you know, people who know me, I'll trust their recommendations. But I think Solo was a perfect example. <laughs> as people, that movie got so panned. Are you guys thinking about your buttholes right no. now? <laughs> no, I'm just thinking about what you just said because there was somebody uh, who I won't name that worked here that used to recommend movies. She did it to me a couple times. Oh, they were the worst movies time. ever seen. Yeah. At one point, I even wanted my money back because I rented one. I wanted her to pay me my money back. <laughs> she gave the worst recommendations, but it starts, doesn't when somebody recommends a movie and you watch and you're like, this, what the hell yeah. is this? Yeah. You start to wonder more if that person is trolling you or <laughs> if they actually thought that that was a good movie. Well, uh, 
Is that all the time we have? That's all the time we have. You guys want me to explain the analogy again? (laughs) I think we uh, should cut it there because there's a showing coming up in a couple minutes that we all need to leave for to go to the theater to see. Is there? So there really isn't. (laughs) Is there? There's not. You just blew the illusion. What movie are we watching? I don't know. What should we go see? Let's wrap. Mamma Mia. What movie? Oh. What movie? movie Mamma Mia too. Everyone, this will be a lightning round, then we can end it. Okay. What movie would you go see right now at the theater if you had your choice to go see any movie? It could be something that's out now or something that's not out now. I really want to go see Mamma Mia too. (laughs) That's okay. Of all of the movies in the world that you could go see. No, that's just what I feel like right now. I that's tough lightning round. Star Wars one no. two three four. What I want to do, and I know I can't do it, is I would want to go back and watch one of two. Either um, what was the Christopher Nolan movie you said? Oh, Inception. Inception mm-hmm. for the first time again. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that was great. Oh, if you could go back and see a movie yeah, for I the first time. Yeah, I just added that last piece about the first time because the Prestige is another one of theirs. And mm-hmm. if I could go back and watch that the first time again. I'd be so happy. Yeah, and I wonder if they would stand up because, like, you're right. I'd probably say it would be really cool to go back, having never seen it as a kid, to see Star Wars for the first time. Mm-hmm. But I wonder if it would have been. If you watched the same. it now, if for it would, the first if I watched time. it now, would it have At the same age? impact? Uh, I doubt it. Not. No, probably not. All right. Well, that's all the time we do have for reels this time. Uh, join us next time. Join us next time for more generational jousting, and visit alchemygp.com slash GFC for a chance to fight for your generation.